Download the BetMGM Sports app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three-pointer. Use code CHAMPION200. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Shemit Duop and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to another episode of In the Know. Uh, this in this week's episode, or this day's episode, uh, we are joined by a special guest, uh, Jenna Garcia, who does a lot of work uh, with Denver Sports. So she does multi multimedia reporter for Denver Stiffs, host of one of my favorite podcast names I've ever seen, a Chicken Nuggets podcast. Um, and so we'll let we'll let uh, Jenna introduce herself and, and tell you all about all the work she's doing. But uh, thank thank you for joining. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I mean, you did a great job introducing me. I am the host of the Chicken Nuggets podcast that's focused on the Denver Nuggets and been covering them for a couple of years now. I kind of got my start in media through um, covering baseball in Spanish, actually, um, for the Rockies. And that kind of got me propelled into the world of sports uh, pretty quickly. And then I kind of moved into basketball. It was definitely always like my first love, you know, Um, I played basketball and baseball, but I played basketball longer. So I definitely had to do something in regards to to basketball and didn't think I wanted to cover it because I was such a fan. Right. And then decided, okay, I do want to cover it. It's going to be, it's going to be too much fun. I can't, can't resist it. So kind of focusing more on basketball these days, kind of moved out of baseball a little bit and into basketball and now doing some coverage internationally for with uh, FIBA games and some of that upcoming tournament, actually. What was your journey to first being a Nuggets fan in terms of like, do you have a specific memory, a specific player? Uh, was there a turning point or was it just a product of like, you know, you grew up playing sports and, and they were the team to root for? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's a little bit of a combination because I'm from San Diego originally and then kind of moved to Colorado, I think because my grandpa, he wanted to golf like year round and he was living in Detroit and we were we found a a third place in the world that you could golf, I guess. And um, we moved to Colorado randomly and but San Diego didn't, you know, the Clippers had already left San Diego at that point. um, So I never really was tied to like a basketball team as far as you know, I had the Padres, 
and I had the Chargers, but I didn't really have an NBA team. And Utah was close by, but I really just did not vibe with like Utah's team back in in the late 90s, you know, early 2000s. That was not my type of my style of basketball. So, you know, I think it really came down to when once Carmelo came to Denver, um, it was just like, that's it. That's my team. I really liked Denver just in general, being kind of that underdog team that always was around and interesting, but never really ever, you know, winning a championship or anything like that. So I like that underdog aspect. And then Carmelo just sold me on it. And then you got AI and you had Chauncey Billups and it was just magic then. So it was definitely the Thuggets that, that sold me on the Nuggets. And and their epic beatdown that New Orleans consistently tries to erase from memory, but I keep bringing back up in the playoffs about a decade ago of the New Orleans Hornets. <laughs> this is a, a, a sadist. <laughs> it's, it was just so, so brutal, that game. I just, oh man. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I, I hear you. That was a, it was definitely a, a fun Nuggets team to watch. Um so let's uh let's wind the clock forward a little bit and talk about how things wrapped up for Denver, which is uh pretty pretty damn nicely, all things considered, right? I mean, that it looked it looked pretty uh it looked pretty touch and go for the start of the playoffs, and um, it, you even had some New Orleans fans kind of talking about, oh man, that D- Denver first round exit, what's gonna you know they're, they're gonna sell the farm for Drew Holiday, and I know we'll get to the Drew Holiday stuff later, but. You know, t- just talking consistently about what a first round exit for that Denver team would mean for what they're going to do in the offseason. <laughs> and then fast forward a few weeks later and they're uh, they're in the conference finals. So, um, you know, t- talk to us about about that experience and what that was like watching that team come from behind so often. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got to say, I didn't see those New Orleans fans saying that, but interesting coming from a team that they really gave a lot of opportunities to be in that bubble to that didn't do much in that bubble. Just saying. All right. All right. (laughs) Coming (laughs) hot. All right. I like it. A lot of talk. Um, Yeah. No, the, I mean, the Nuggets come back, uh, comebacks, I guess now. (laughs) Um, Surprisingly, the, the first one against the Jazz really didn't surprise me, uh, to be honest. I thought the way that they played against the Jazz this season really uh, mirrored how they played against Portland um, last season in the playoffs, uh, really close series, kind of running it back, going into that four overtime game last year against Portland in, in Portland. Um, that was those kind of moments that I lived in that, that 2019 season really set me up for like expecting what happened in this season, to be honest. Um, I just thought that the Nuggets really played better than Portland overall and kind of Portland got the best of them. And that was really what I felt like often um, when I would watch the Nuggets play the jazz. So that series didn't really surprise me. I was more surprised with um, the jazz keeping it close and and the Nuggets not kind of walking away with that one more easily, but, but that one against the Clippers, that one really did, um, did surprise me. It kind of sold me a little bit more on uh, Conley's, you know, ethos of, uh, continuity and bringing the same guys back each year and really uh, kind of living that out and, and growing guys from within. He's, I think he's done a great job obviously with this, this roster and, and you couldn't have asked for the nuggets to finish any better. I mean, what they gave us this year, I think nuggets fans walk away with, even if it fell short of what, you know, the dream, the dream is, but I, th- I think they're well on their way and, they had a great, great season. I can't complain from, from what I saw. It was incredible to get to watch them just kind of show up and, sh- and get to show out. We got to see a lot of incredible moments with the Nuggets, uh, people who, us people who get to see them play every day. Um, and I don't think like on a national stage, a lot of people get the chance to see that. So that was cool too, to get the chance to have them on that national stage. That is an incredible recap. Um, I am jealous you guys got to experience all of that. And I hope the Pelicans similarly get an opportunity to do so. Um, I do want to get your thoughts on some breaking news we just got from Shams. Uh, Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston. That is a oh, wow. looks like a trade demand. Uh, we're putting you on the spot. Live news. Um, let's get let's get some thoughts here. 
Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. That's actually hilarious. Um, I guess I feel like it just, it was never going to work with Russ and, and Harden together. Um, you know, and, and that just really jumbles the pot for the West. I think the biggest um, question mark in, in regards to Drew and now Russ and, and like Chris Paul, these big name guys that are kind of floating out there is for at least from the Nuggets perspective, right? I'm thinking, okay, either they, the Nuggets need to either get one of these guys or they're going to go to another team in the West that's going to then kind of bump the Nuggets out of the running or out of that top three teams over there. So that's kind of what that makes me think about. Are you guys thinking you'd, you'd be like Russ down in New Orleans? Um, not really, <laughs> not with that contract, at least not, not, I mean, I like Russ as a player. I, I do think he gets criticized more so than he deserves given the circumstances he's had to work with. But I mean, that contract is just atrocious. Uh, there's, there's no way I, you know, Harden on the other hand, if, if Houston now <laughs> wants to blow it up, because I have no idea what they're planning on doing. They, that thing has such a short shelf life. Um, I am all for, putting the chips in and going to go get James Harden, put James Harden next to Zion and figure the rest out. That, that I mean, we got to talk the, the Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook trades got to go down. as one of the more Epic blunders. And like, it's crazy. Cause it's, a, it's, I know it's not what Daryl Morey wanted to do. If you gave him truth serum and, and you probably don't even need to do that. He would probably tell What if that. he did it intentionally? <laughs> but, but like it, that, it forces his way out. It burns, <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm not, I'm believing in that conspiracy theory. I got my tinfoil hat on. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) But that's like, oh man, that's, that's just a horrible trade for, uh, for Houston. And oh, there, that's man, that situation's rough. And those picks now for Oklahoma city looking, looking pretty sweet. That's all. That's all I'll say there. Um, But anyway, (laughs) um. So where were we? That was, uh, yeah. We recap the postseason. We recap the postseason. No, for real. So I, I do think that this Westbrook stuff allows us to transition a little bit more into free agency stuff and the off season and the coming season, right? Because the landscape is shifting in the West. Golden State's probably jumping back into contention. They're probably going to do something with the second overall pick to make themselves better. Um, whether they draft the player or not or trade it, you know, they're, they're going to be better than they were last year, and they're going to be more healthy. The Rockets may be falling out now, depending on what they choose to do. OKC is probably taking a step back out of the playoffs, but then you got young teams like Memphis, Phoenix, the Pelicans, maybe even Minnesota with the number one overall pick, um, you know, pushing up. There's a lot of upheaval going on. With the Nuggets specifically, you know, do you believe – that that contention status is a real thing? Um, or do you think it was just a perfect storm that, you know, you guys uh, took that matchup against the Jazz and then um, took it to to the Clippers and, you know, made your way to the conference finals and, and you really truly are, like, let's say a Drew Holiday away from being in that stratosphere for, for contention. Do you think all this upheaval makes it so the Nuggets should be more aggressive in terms of, of getting that next star or, or getting that third guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it really does throw another wrench out there. And, and like you say, I said, I agree. I think Thunder take a step back. You think probably Phoenix take a step forward. Um, Houston looks like they might take a step back now at this point, but that's really the question at hand is, is what kind of pressure do the Nuggets feel? I will say, the Nuggets in general, that's not their vibe. You know, they don't make big offseason trades. They don't, uh, they're always in conversations. We've heard stories of conversations of deals that got far, but didn't get, you know, didn't get done. So um, I do think that like as an organization, they really do value, um, they value their players and I think that they're going to be willing to give up some things. And I, I do think that they're very interested in Drew Holiday. But I, from what I'm hearing, Drew's stock is like going up in price by the minute. And it's going to be it's going to be tough. And I don't know if Conley really is willing to add a couple of those swing pieces that he would need to add to a deal to make this this happen at this point. 
That's fascinating because I feel like I hear a different thing each day when it comes to Intel, when it comes to, you know, people around the league and, and maybe some of the people that are around the Pelicans um, or have access to people around the Pelicans. I feel like I, I hear a different thing every day. And it seems at this point, no one really knows what's going on outside of the fact that Drew Holiday is a wanted player and pretty much any team that thinks they can weasel their way into contention uh, wants to get him. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're hearing that the price is going up. I heard today actually that the Nuggets have a real shot. And so that makes me wonder, you know, like did some of those swing pieces get put on the table? Is the market worse than expected? You know, where, where is that situation at? And, you know, in the next couple of days, I feel like we're probably going to get hit with an explosion of news. Uh, and, and it's just all going to come very, very, very quickly. Um, do you, so I, w- I want to talk to you about some of the limits you may have with regards to pursuing Drew Holiday and, um, you know, where you would draw this proverbial line in the sand. Um, I'm assuming, you know, obviously we're going to start with the baseline assumption that Jokic and, and Murray are completely off the table. Um, so we're not even going to entertain that. Um, the first one I want to ask is, is Michael Porter Jr. 100% off the table for you? I think so. I think in the Nuggets' mind, he's off the table. Okay. And, and that's consistent with what's being reported and, and, and what's being thrown, uh, thrown out. So with that in mind, the package to match salaries and stuff probably has to involve Gary Harris or Will Barton or both, uh, depending on, on how they do it. Um, and then some, some other small pieces. So if it were up to you, how would you construct the trade? And, and do you think that differs from, from how the Nuggets may be willing to pursue it? Yeah. I think I would construct the trade where <laughs> including Gary Harris and Will Barton and then maybe the pick. I think the issue isn't would the Nuggets get on board with that. I think the Nuggets are willing to do that right away. You know, I think it's the Pelicans that won't take that. I think the Pelicans are cool with Gary or Will and the pick and somebody else, you know, meaning a swing piece such as Monte Morris or, or Bull Bull. Um, from what I'm hearing, at least from people I know who covered down in New Orleans, they want Bull Bull. And, <laughs> and I think the Nuggets kind of are trying to weigh out their, you know, the, I mean, this is a thing that they're, they're known for, right? Getting these unicorn type players that are so unique and they, they and are also drafted, you know, way late and maybe fall in the draft or come on, coming off of injury. That's like kind of their shtick. And so for them to walk away from Bull Bull when they they have seen so much potential in him um, is kind of, I think, the real, real tipping point. When, in regards to Monte Morris, um, he really tips the jar, I think, because uh, he is one of Malone's go-to guys. He's one of the biggest voices in the locker room. He's you know, the Nuggets got in on a really great deal with him um, for really cheap. He's very productive for what his role is. And so I think that's kind of the caveat for the, both those guys, right? Like, I don't, you know, I, I'm not sure if they're willing to give up bull and maybe, maybe they are because maybe they know something, you know, they've seen his progress and they don't, you know, like what they've seen, but the the potential for talent there is so high. It's hard to walk away from it. And then in regards to Monte, it's just more like the consistency, the reliability that they have in him. And, and I'm not sure, I just think we're getting really close, you know, to a deadline. And I'm not sure if Conley's willing to part with one of those extra pieces. If not, you know, one of the deals I heard was Monte, Gary, Bull Bull, and a pick. And I think they're more likely willing to walk away from um, Will Barton, but his stock is pretty low right now. Can't really say that a lot of people are like, super excited about that necessarily just because of how he ended his season. Um, but in that, in that trade, you're getting Monte and Bobo. And I'm not sure it, I, that's what I've heard. Like the Pelicans want and not, I'm not sure if the nuggets will be willing to part with both of those pieces, you know, that's very consistent with the deal that I've heard. That's exactly the deal that I've heard. So that's interesting. I, I don't know. I've heard both sides that, that, deal is enough to get it done and then that deal is not close i've heard 
that from two very reliable people telling me opposite things, which is just fascinating. Because I, I, I have no idea what to make of it at this point. Like not getting get close. It's not going to get close. Is that from the Pelicans perspective or is that from? So, um, you know, without, without naming names. Yes. So like I had heard that the Pelicans, um, you know, I, that exact deal, I asked two people who would be in the know. And one person said, yes, that deal is, uh, gives Denver a good shot. You know, it puts them in the running, maybe even in the lead. And then I had, I asked another person who was also in the know. Um, and they said, they don't think it's going to be enough to convince the Pelicans to take. Right. Well, and I think, I think that's the issue, right? That's if, if that's the deal they're asking for, I'm not sure if, if the Nuggets would be willing to give that, but if they are, and that's on the table, um, I think that's a pretty good option for the Pelicans. Although I think the Nets are offering, um, at least from the rumors, I, I don't know what rumors you guys have heard, but I've heard that the Nets offer is pretty good too. The wait is finally over. Football's back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From games, spreads, and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Yeah, and I, I think it's, it's so it's super interesting to me, um, it's specifically in, relation, in regards to the Nuggets um, and, and what they're putting on the table because um, as uh, Schmidt will quickly tell you, um, this trade is probably more about setting yourselves up at your, being the Pelicans for the, the big trade. So, you, you know, you want to figure out as a, in a market like New Orleans, you want to figure out how you can trade for, for the guy to put next to B.I. and Zion, you know, and um, and, and you want to build up your war chest to, to figure that out. And, and so uh, what of uh, the assets you're getting from Denver in a potential Drew trade, you know, are guys like Morris, a guy, you know, is that someone you're you're putting you're keeping on the team or bolts or, you know, is there an option where you want to just load up on draft draft capital further out? And so kind of like what they did with the Lakers trade and have some picks out as far as 24, 25, like, is that something the Pelicans are considering? I have no idea, but I think that would be something reasonable. Like if you, if you're, if you're saying, if you're playing the, the if you feel like taking risks and saying, well, after uh, Jokic's contract ends, you know, what's what does the next deal for him look like? What is the long-term future for the Nuggets hold? Would they be willing to part with a pick later on? I think that's an interesting gamble that could be considered if you don't feel like you're the 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 more short-term assets that Denver has to offer is moving the needle for you. But um, kind of, with, with that topic in mind, is there who who do you who do you value more between Morris and Bull? Like who would you be more willing to part with in a situation like that? Yeah, you know it's really it's really unique, I think, because they're, they're distinct players. Um, but then they have a couple things in common, like being fantastic passers and facilitators. And um, it's so hard because we've seen so much of Monte. I, you know, I've watched more of Monte play, playing. Um, he's, he's helped this Nuggets team get to where they are for sure. And then you, Bull, Bull is more just like all in the future. Everything, you know, I have actual, 
uh, grounds to believe Monte's a really strong uh, backup point guard, if not a starter on some teams in the league. And so um, I guess it's, it's, it's a tough one, but I'm, I would actually probably value Bobol a little bit more in this case, just because of the potential, his size, obviously Monte's size, it, it does kind of factor in when, um, when the Nuggets were playing against guys like the Lakers in the regular season, pretty tough when he was out on the floor, although he did um, kind of have a better series against them in the playoffs. Um, I think that his size definitely kind of showed through there and the size of Bulbul is just incredible. You know, if he's really able to do what they think he's going to be able to do, that would be the potential would definitely be there. Um, But of course, Monte's a really good leader. He's a, a very good like rotation piece important to the the Denver locker room for sure so um when thinking about just the Nuggets situation at hand you know they might not bring back Paul Millsap they might not bring back Mason Plumlee some of the guys that might be um not coming back and and if Monte were to go and Millsap were to go those are two of the biggest voices in the in that locker room if Will Barton goes that's all the big voices in that locker room. And you'd have to reestablish kind of some new leadership there for the nuggets, which I don't think is typically what they go to, you know, they, their go-to is to stick with kind of their core and, and, and move a few pieces here and there. So I think it'll be really interesting um, if they do actually contend for um, Drew holiday and in that trade, if they actually are kind of front runners or at least up there, because of the fact that you're only getting drew for a year. I think the nuggets really are a kind of front office that plans for the future. And, and I'm not sure that they're the kind of team that goes for it just for one year, you know? So I don't know. I I'm skeptical that it happens at this point. Hey, that's, I mean, that's a fair take. I appreciate your analysis on, on Morris and bull and, and some of the other guys for the Pelicans listeners out there who may not be as familiar with them, particularly Morris's leadership. I think leadership in the locker and on the court is something the Pelicans are keenly interested in, and it would make sense why they would pursue Morris for that very reason. Um, Now, you mentioned a couple of free agents that you guys are probably going to move on from, or, or maybe you won't, you know, with Paul Millsap and Mason Plumlee. Outside of getting a Drew Holiday type person, what what are the free agency priorities and offseason priorities for the Nuggets? Um, you you have a big one, big question coming up with with Jeremy Grant as well. So what what are the priorities that you see them outlining to kind of take that next step or stay in that contention sphere? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that they have a, they have to decide whether they stick with one or one of those guys as far as Plumlee and Millsap goes. I kind of think that they lean towards Millsap in that regard. And as far as other free agents go, um, I think Kelly Oubre would be kind of cool. He pretty good wing defender role player, kind of a uh, good piece. I know Tory Craig is on the Nuggets. Um, I don't know if how familiar you guys are with his game, but he's very like scrappy three and D um, kind of player. And, I just think they kind of need to upgrade that position. Obviously they have Michael Porter jr. There in the shooting aspect, but having a guy to come in off the bench with that length as well, that kind of maybe is you, you trust a little bit more with the ball in their hand than Tory Craig. Uh, he infamously was the guy who like ran down the court for and missed a layup in the gosh, which game was that? in game seven, I think against Utah, he missed the layup like with three, like 15 seconds left or something like that and gave Utah another possession. And so I don't know how confident they are with him in the ball, with the ball in his hands all the time, but, um, and Bradley Beal, of course, I think is the other big name you have to remember out there. Like I think Bradley Beal comes on the market or at least there's going to be some sort of rumors pretty soon here about him being interested and leaving or moving and, I think the Nuggets have always kind of been in that talk in that conversation. So a uh, couple questions with Bradley Beal, are you putting Michael Porter Jr. on the table? Um, and two, how do you see the fit with him and Murray who 
took a pretty enormous leap in the bubble in the playoffs, you know, and if that's the Murray here to stay is, do you see a redundancy? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's the big question mark kind of out there on, on Jamal Murray. A lot of people questioning whether that's the Jamal, the kind of production you're going to get from him uh, from now on, right? There's been bursts of Jamal kind of throughout the years where he'll give you one or two games. Um, This was the longest kind of spurt of um, strong uh, games from Jamal. And so I kind of tend to think that it's, it's probably, here to stay it's probably like a a leap um that will be consistent hopefully um moving forward but yeah I'm not sure if Beal is going to fit there I'm not sure what their thought process is on on that aside from him kind of playing off the ball and being an, an additional scorer for the Nuggets but um I'm thinking you know that means Gary Harris and I'm, I'm not thinking Gary Harrison, Will Barton are in that starting rotation any longer. So I'm kind of thinking if, if they go for a guy like Beal or Drew, Drew in the same regard, um, those two guys kind of get bumped out of the rotation because I, I think most people kind of suspect that it'll be Michael Porter Jr. Uh, at the three. So you would kind of have Beal and Jamal, either one or two kind of fluid and then with the ball running through Jokic is my thought process. Um, I, I am curious. Um, so I, I know we talked uh, at length about Drew, but uh, as far as the rest of the roster for New Orleans, are, are there any players? Cause I, I've talked with uh, some other Nuggets folks about um, another uh, Pelicans guard who um, the Pelicans actually have to make a decision on next, uh, next off season. Uh, and that's Lonzo ball. But I'm curious whether it's Lonzo or other Pelicans players, if there's anyone else that, you know, say, say Drew Holiday gets moved to the Nets or someone else. Is there anyone else on that roster that you feel like maybe wouldn't cost as much and, and could could help and to build out uh, a, a, the Nuggets rotation, even if they if they lose someone like Jeremy Grant to a free agency? Yeah, I mean, I think that that would be the issue is if they were to lose somebody like Jeremy Grant, um, you know, the Nuggets, I think think highly of a guy like Brandon Ingram who could obviously he, he he's a great player um, who could move out there but I'm not really sure that they would go for any other guards on the list uh, on the roster for the for the Pelicans at this point I think Drew is kind of the guy that they really have their their eyes set on I think that's good news for the Pelicans if that's the case um I, you know, I'm so curious to see how this all plays out. I'm, I'm waiting on pins and needles. And, you know, at this rate, it might be leaked by the time we're done recording. Uh, so that's that's fascinating to me. Do you think, now what I wanted to ask you, what do you make of the overall defensive situation for the Nuggets? Now, offense clearly isn't a problem with, with your roster. And clearly a guy like Drew takes you in the right direction do you think that's enough to tilt you into the title sphere or or what kind of needs to be done to round out the defense defensive side of the ball? Yeah. You know, I think what, what I walked away with uh, at the end of this season was that the Nuggets actually are capable of playing good defense. I think they're, they just, it's not their go-to game, you know, Jamal Murray, uh, Michael Porter Jr. They like to score. <laughs> They're offensive minded. That's not their first thought. But you saw Jamal play great defense in the bubble. Um, I thought his defense was one of the areas where he did really take the leap. You know, it wasn't just offensively. He was really uh, manning up and, and guarding his guys on defense as well in those series. And I, um, I think that that was a big step for him. So I would say I, I walked away thinking systematically they are capable of working as a team and playing defense um, with the guy, with the personnel that they have. You saw Will Barton played great defense uh, even when he was healthy this season. So if you do keep him on the, um, in that rotation, you, you're, you still have that guy uh, who can kind of rely on, he did his defense really improved uh, throughout the season while he was healthy. Um, Do I think that drew, um, propels them into the contention of actual like title contention. 
I think he gives them a more secure chance of getting back to where they got to this year, which Western conference finals. Um, I don't know that they, that it's enough just because uh, I think there's a couple factors that have nothing to do with the nuggets. One being all the other teams that get better in the West, <laughs> you know, that that's the real X factor is you never know who else is going to make moves. And, and the West is very competitive. I think that's a big, big factor. And, and if Drew doesn't come, he's going to another team probably in the West who's going to be better because of it. Um, and I think the only one he could, that I wouldn't really care if he ended up there would be like the thunder or something. Like I, I would, I don't think that that would help them that much, but um, I think that I don't, I don't know if they're bigger than the Lakers. still. I don't know if they're bigger than who the Warriors will be even. Um, I feel like I haven't even really seen the real Warriors play for like an entire year, if not longer with the pandemic and how long it feels since uh, with the hiatus and everything. So I do think he improves the team significantly defensively, um, especially if they keep a guy like Millsap, add Drew, um, they'd be great defensively. And I think the other pieces, you know, Jokic play, uh, played some good defense. Murray played some good defense in the playoffs. I think Murray continues to fight on the defensive end, but you really do uh, have to factor in Michael Porter Jr. Is he going to show out? Is he going to, take a step in his game offensively will the nuggets allow him to start and actually play uh, more minutes um and, and so i think that those kind of factors out externally will be will add to whether they actually contend or not but i i think it keeps their name in the race more than not doing anything would so do you think that the Nuggets window of contention is a little bit more down the road. It's they can afford to be patient with, with how young your core is, right? Because Michael Porter Jr. was uh, an upstart rookie. Jamal Murray is just entering his second contract. Jokic is still, um, you know, he's entering his prime. uh, If you can even call it that. And, and do you think it's one of those things where the Nuggets could potentially see uh, the bidding for Drew getting too high and be like, you know what? whatever, we'll just wait because we're not going anywhere. We got time. We got uh, our main dudes locked under contract and, and our young dudes still on the rookie scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do see that happening. I, I really do think that the Nuggets are a patient team. They've uh, their front office has proven that to uh, the world. I'd say by now, I'd hope that <laughs> after watching, you know, a guy like Nikola Jokic lead a team all the way to the Western Conference Finals you have to know that this front office is patient. They're willing to uh, wait on guys. They're willing to let guys go to the G league and, and grow and um, develop. And I think that they, that could potentially happen where they choose to wait it out because you do have a good core, Um, you know, in two years, two seasons from now, um, including this one, you know, this one coming up in December, starting in December, and then the one following that, that following year, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a much different player, I would think. And I think this team is much more dangerous once he gets kind of the ground underneath him a little more solid. Yeah, yeah. So I've got one more, one more question that I think we might be able to to ask a couple wrap up, uh, wrap up things. But um, so what let's say that there's no big splash for the nuggets this off season. And, and you, you, know, you go into um, you go into the, the, the 21, 22 season, um, you know, and, and you're potentially looking at creating some, some real cap space. Um, I, I'm really curious how you view the, the Gary Harris contract and, you know, looking at, obviously he's got two years left at 20 million a season. Um, you know, what do you, if you're trying to be players in the 21 huge free agent class, what do you, you know, how are you thinking about that deal? What would you, are, are you, would you pay, like, would you give up an asset to, to, to move him uh, if it makes you more relevant in the 21 free agent class or what, what's your kind of view on that Gary Harris deal? Yeah. Um, anybody who f- has followed me for a long time knows that I've been 
what some would call harsh uh, towards <laughs> Gary's game this mm-hmm. year. Uh, I think Gary's stock is pretty low. I think that Gary is a great defender. I think he's a great role player. I just don't know if he's a starter on the Nuggets anymore. Um, and that's no disrespect to him. I know I did watch the Jazz series. Every time I say anything negative about Gary, everyone says, did you watch that Jazz series? I watched the Jazz series, trust me. Yeah, we cover Lonzo, we get it. (laughs) Right, it's like, it's so annoying, but it's like, I just don't see him fitting anymore. Gary Harris, that fit with this Nuggets team was hitting three-pointers at a much higher percentage. You know, he was over 50% that season. you know, thinking back a couple seasons ago, that is. And then, and then his game, um, taking, taking the ball to the basket, his, his driving game, his game off the, off the dribble was awesome. It was, uh, you know, an explosion of extra energy. It brought a little spark plug to the Nuggets offense. He didn't do it all the time. He did it when it was necessary and he could finish at the rim and he wasn't doing that this year. So I just like, I think that the contract is rough. I think that the Nuggets definitely are kind of are looking to make a move. I think that his name is kind of involved in those trades more because he actually played uh, and finished out some of those games towards the end of the bubble where Will Barton didn't. And so Will Barton's stock is even lower and they're going to, it's going to be even harder to get him off of trade him off somewhere right off of their their load so I do think that they have to do something um with that and and that could be the the other side of it right maybe that's what's weighing more on them that's why they feel like they need to add Monte and Bull into that option um into that trade option for Drew just because they feel like down the road that'll be better to not have that contract on there um I could see them thinking that way and and that being their reasoning for including bowl in a pick. I think, uh, I think Nuggets fans would be sad to see all of those guys go. And I think the Pelicans would be getting a really great, great deal out of that. Um, especially with the, the youth, you know, you're getting one year of Drew Holiday, who's much older than Monte Morris, Gary Harris and bowl bowl. You know, he's older than all of those guys. Um, Gary Harris only being 26, I think this year, Bull Bull much younger than that. Um, and so I, I could see them thinking that way. Um, it's kind of like, which, what is a teeter totter, right? It's weighing the scales and, and figuring it out. But um, I still kind of lean towards it not happening just because they never do anything. You know, I don't know if you guys get your hopes up for trades to happen or for, for them to do anything in the off season, but I've gotten my hopes up before and I'm just tired of betting against the Nuggets ethos. I'm going to just stick with, they don't do that typically. So why would they start now? I hope they do though. (laughs) I hope they start now. Okay. That's, that's fair enough. I think that's a really good perspective. Um, When we, when we wind down the podcast, we have a couple uh, rapid fire questions. Um, to pick your brain on. And I wanted to throw a fun one in before we get to our usual ones. What is the highest draft pick in this draft you would trade bubble for? Mm. Or the lowest. I mean, I guess you get the point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I think they're probably thinking the lowest I'll say seven. So you would rather have Bull Bull than eight? Yeah, I think I would rather have Bull Bull than eight. I just think that this draft class, while it's got a good top five, you know, it's it's really top heavy. And between six and 22, there's really great talent, but also I don't know if that as great of talent as you could expect next in next year's draft um and as great of potential as great of talent as the potential that bull bull has i don't think i don't think so fair enough and 
So our normal questions, and I think you touched on this a little bit on your intro, but who are your, your top three favorite all-time Nuggets players? Mm, that is a really good question. <laughs> I'm going to throw some pretty weird guys at you guys. Um, first of all, Eddie Nakara. Got to go with Eddie Nakara. Um, Eduardo Nakara from Chihuahua, Mexico. That's uh, My family is from Mexico, so obviously there's that connection. It was pretty cool that I got to see him play in person um, just because we don't see a lot of uh, Latino players in the NBA. So he was always special to me. Um, and then I got to go. I, obviously, I already said Carmelo. Carmelo's definitely on the list. I loved him. He was electric. I loved his shot. I mean, his release was like everything I died for in high school. Like I wanted to be able to release the ball the way Carmelo released the ball. And that was just like all I practiced doing that. Um, and then Andre Miller, honestly, I loved uh, Andre Miller's game. I loved his drive to the basket here in Denver. You know, the Nuggets did this Lexus drive of the game uh, every game. And it Andre Miller won it a lot of times. I really loved watching him play. Uh, definitely mimicked his style of game, too. So um, I, I, would, I would go with those guys. Corey Brewer is kind of up there, too. Those are some some great answers i on professor andre miller i had forgotten about his stint with the nuggets but i didn't forget didn't he have like a game-winning layup against the warriors in that faded series that ultimately ended up going to the warriors um but i'm pretty sure he had a game-winning layup during the playoffs in that series i could be yeah. wrong though. yeah i think you're right yeah love that guy andre miller class uh class act now the flip question is who are some of your least favorite Nuggets players over the years oh let me think here Mm, that's much harder uh Ty Lawson wasn't a big fan um I love Ty Lawson coming out of the draft and that that's rough (laughs) what what any any particular reason I loved him coming out of the draft too but he just he just I mean, I felt bad. I feel bad for him because um, I know like, you know, all, all players, all athletes are humans too and, and humans first, um, you know, but he just partied so much. He got a couple of DUIs out here and I just felt like, like this guy just doesn't, you know, he wasn't really serious about the game and I, I really am competitive. I need, the, I want the Nuggets to win. And so um it was kind of hard to get like kind of get behind him as a fan and when you like had all this other outside news coming at you about stuff he was not doing or doing off the court you know so that kind of that kind of brought his stock down for me a little bit he was I wasn't his biggest fan um tough though tough to pick I really loved all the Nuggets players um gosh I can't think of a, of a Nuggets player that I, that I hated for some reason. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Mason Plumlee in 2020. <laughs> that, um, some very, very costly mistakes, um, late, yeah. uh, and you know, we are, I wouldn't, I don't know. I can't, I can't really speak for Mason, but we do like to take jabs at Anthony Davis um and that whole game winning three situation was was not good for anyone it was rough it was rough to watch that rotation on repeat and watch him not rotate and watch anthony davis hit that shot yeah rough rough times but um (laughs) hey that basically concludes our our podcast would you uh mind plugging where our listeners can find you uh, and follow you or listen to you yeah, definitely. Follow all of the work I do. Um, I post on my Twitter and Instagram, which is um, at Vita Viva Diva. Uh, and that's kind of where I, I am posting all my work right now. I'm a little bit of a free agent and kind of freelancing here and there for a couple different places. But I will still be covering Nuggets uh, this coming season. So be look out for all Nuggets stuff there. And of course, at DenverStiffs.com. Awesome. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your wonderful insight. And 
hopefully we can do this again if a trade goes through. Yeah, you know, at the beginning, I was I was thinking of <laughs> telling you guys, um, I heard you say something about the Lakers or, oh, what Shams had tweeted out about how he only mentioned the Lakers not having fans. And I thought, oh, we could do a whole pod on hating on the Lakers together. Oh, man, that's every <laughs> pod for us. <laughs> <laughs> I would Honestly, it's one of those. Yeah. It usually is about more. It's usually more about Lakers fans and the Lakers themselves, but um, but we're yeah we don't discriminate. Uh, we'll 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 hate on any, anything Lakers related. <laughs> for sure, I'll sign up for that. I'll just yell out like, you know, different things in the background. Like, they suck, you know. <laughs> we got a we, we got a hype person. This is great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Well, hey, th- thanks so much, and thanks everyone for listening. We'll uh, we'll check in with y'all soon. makes getting the furniture, electronics, and appliances you need easy and affordable. Great deals, easy approvals, free delivery. That's Aaron's, the rent-to-own power of the AA team. What's up, everybody? I'm Bladen. I'm Matt. And I'm Theo. And we are Stay Hot, the only podcast that gives you the hottest analysis and takes on the NFL and NBA all year round. I know that there's a lot of Losers and haters out there who don't think three sports TikTokers can hang for a full pod. But, you know, we're going to prove them all wrong. We're about to dive deep into the NFL draft and are already hitting the NBA playoffs. So watch Stay Hot on YouTube or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.